Hi, I'm Michael Weber, Artistic Director of Chicago's Porchlight Music Theater. Opening on Broadway at the Center Theater, September 22, 1934, The Great Waltz, with music by Johann Strauss Sr. and Jr., a book by Moss Hart and lyrics by Desmond Carter, is loosely based on the real-life feud between the older and younger Strauss, allegedly because of the father's jealousy of his son's greater talent. Built in 1932 and seating 3,700 audience members, the Center Theater was originally called the RKO Roxy Theater and built as part of the construction of Rockefeller Center. It was Radio City Music Hall's Little Sister Theater, but it didn't share its big sister's success. A 1933 lawsuit from the already established Roxy Theater forced a name change to the RKO Center. RKO was dropped in July of 1934 when the theater's policy was changed from films to live extravaganzas. The stage became an ice rink for skating shows from 1940 to 1950. In 1954, it was replaced by a skyscraper. The size of the production of The Great Waltz was staggering. The cast was 150 strong, 125 of which were in the choruses and ballets. There were 700 costumes. Keeping in mind this was during the Great Depression, the production was estimated as costing $300,000, or over $6 million today which covered both the production and changes to the theater to accommodate the mammoth production. Producer Max Gordon had considerable work done on the Center Theater for the production. A new proscenium was constructed, the theater's arch was 80 feet high, and a drop placed behind it would make a person look tiny. The new proscenium was brought down to 30 feet above the stage. It was a huge undertaking in and of itself, but it required fireproof walls to cover the wings, which spread out towards the audience on either side of the orchestra pit, extending up to the ceiling. The turntable also needed to be enlarged to 37 feet in diameter, one foot shorter of the overall depth of the stage. The machinery that raised and lowered the orchestra pit was replaced as well to allow for the finale of the show. Director and lighting designer Hassert Short created a complex lighting plan. No footlights were used. Instead, a battery of spotlights were set up in the old projector operator's booth at the top and back of the theater. There was also a separate booth for the spots that were in the massive chandelier that was suspended from the auditorium ceiling. Above the stage, there were two light bridges. In one scene alone, 7,000 lights were used. A switchboard that cost $125,000 was discarded, and a new one was purchased specifically for the production. The company of artists was assembled from around the world. The European cast members traveled to America by ship. Marie Burke, Dennis Noble, and Ambrose Manning arrived in New York on the Aquitania on August 24, 1934. 
Alexandra Danilova, who was the premier ballerina of the Monte Carlo Opera Company, arrived on the Olympic, the Titanic sister ship, on August 28th. Rehearsals also began on August 28th and were held in four different theaters, the Delphi, the New Amsterdam, the Center, and the Broadway. The top ticket price to the Great Waltz was a staggering $3.30. Producer Max Gordon said that, quote, you have to be a rich man to go to the theater, with two tickets costing $8.80 with dinner before it, unquote. The top price was eventually reduced to $2.20 as ticket prices across all shows on Broadway were reduced in early 1935 at the agreement of producers. Without that outrageously high price for a ticket, we now present to you the March 1st, 1954 episode of The Railroad Hour, starring Elaine Malbin and Gordon McRae, with Eleanor Audley, Herb Butterfield, Isabel Jewell, and Lou Merrill in... The Great Waltz. Ladies and gentlemen, the Railroad Hour. And here comes our star-studded show train. Tonight, the Association of American Railroads presents the enchanting operetta, The Great Waltz. Starring Gordon McRae and his guest, lovely Elaine Malvin. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and the music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Yes, tonight another memorable musical success is brought to you by the American Railroads. The same railroads that bring you the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the fuel you burn, and the multitude of other things you use in your daily life. And now, here is our star, Gordon McRae. gentlemen. Tonight, I am Johann Strauss the Younger, and Elaine Malvin is the lovely Racy, as we bring you The Great Waltz. Excuse me, would you tell Fräulein Trace, please, that Herr Strauss is here? Are you Herr Strauss? Oh, I just love your music. I'm afraid you're thinking of my father. You see, there are two of us, father and son. And... Do you compose, too? Well, sometimes a, a little. Johnny? Oh, you're early. Racy. Racy, I've got news, great news. Herr Strauss has been telling us that he is a composer. A very good composer. It must be awfully difficult to find new melodies right out of your own head. Music doesn't come from the head, from the heart. It's always there, and waiting for something to let it out. A morning like this, for instance, or a look in a woman's eyes, and, well, a tune is born. The girls are fair, you are my song.
I've been engaged to conduct at the new Peterhof Gardens. Oh, how exciting! Tell me all about it. Well, I, I went to see Herr Steinbrook, and he said he never knew Johann Strauss had a son my age. And he asked me where I'd been hiding. Oh, shut Racy, you know what this is going to buy us? A marriage license. Oh, Shani, darling. Oh, I shall feel like going before the audience that first night and saying, please, everybody, like this music. It means so much to us that you like it. Maybe they'll understand when they hear the music how much of my love for you is in it. Anybody who's ever been in love will know. Oh, 
Johnny, promise me you won't tell your father about conducting. Why? I think he's the reason you've never been hired in Vienna. Lacey. Your father is jealous of your talent. The Waltz King doesn't like any pretenders to a throne. You're mistaken, Racy. I'm going to tell my father. Then I'm going to do something. There's a very influential person I'm going to see to help protect you from your father. Wonderful music, Gracie. Do play some more. I knew you'd like it, Countess. Oh, it's a waltz that forces you to dance. Does this one have words? Yes, Countess. It's called Only One Hour. Listen. your next music lesson. Tomorrow. Good. I shall be there. Play and sing some of this wonderful music. And uh, perhaps an extra pair of ears will be listening. My dear Countess, where are we going? To a bakery shop, Herr Stout, containing some very rare delicacies. A daughter who sings like a dream, and the daughter, Suter, who composes magnificent songs. Oh. Well, I'm always anxious to help young composers. Oh, it's the more established composers that I am interested in, Herr Strauss, such as yourself. You have played every capital of Europe but mine. It has always been one of my ambitions to play at the court of your country, Countess. Well, I think I can arrange that with my ambassador. My countrymen will be enchanted by the music of the Wolf King. Curious how a title spoken in jest many years ago clings to one. It is very richly deserved. At any rate, I have never had to defend the title. Who's that lady? 
That, my dear Herr Strauss, is my surprise. He is a young man who may one day be your rival. Mm -hmm. You may yet have to fight for the title of Waltz King. This is very interesting. I should like very much to meet him. Right through this door, Herr Strauss. Johnny! Father! Your ladyship. Herr Strauss! Hello, Rachel. What was that you were playing, Johnny? Why, I was just improvising, Father. Don't be so modest, Johnny. It's a new waltz composed by your son, Herr Strauss. It has a lovely quality, don't you think? You have a kind heart, Madame. But uh, let me see that music. Yeah. Just a jumble. It's every established rule and form. I thank you, Countess, for speaking in my behalf. But this is an old argument between my father and me. I maintain you must write the music you feel. But my father is a traditionalist who feels one must write according to all the established rules. But this beautiful melody... Madame, about a great many things I know nothing. About one thing I know a great deal. That thing is music. I was writing successful waltzes before this boy was born. But nevertheless, my dear young man, I shall be there on your opening night to applaud you. What opening night? I haven't had a chance to tell you, Father, but Steinbrück has offered me a chance to conduct at the Peterhof Garden. You're not sufficiently equipped to conduct. They tear you apart. I forbid you. Father, I am going to conduct. Are you going to force me to go to Steinbrück and tell him you're incompetent to conduct? Father. Yes, Charles, you wouldn't do that. If my opinion means so little to my son, then I must regard him as just another musician. And since he bears my name, I will not have him make a fool of himself on the platform. It is my duty to tell them what I believe. Listen. Listen to this music. Shani, play it. and quit his job to set up the first express business. Wells Fargo and the famous Pony Express followed in his track. But even in their wildest dreams, neither William Harnden nor the riders of the Pony Express could have visualized the vast nationwide door-to-door -door service that we take for granted today when we call Railway Express. Over 15,000 offices strategically located in every corner of the country handle over 90 million shipments a year for business firms, for stores, and for the convenience of folks like yourself. And a bewildering variety of shipments they are, too. Everything from circus animals to precious jewelry. To perform this valuable and complex service the railroad way, efficiently, dependably, and economically, the Railway Express Agency uses more than 180,000 miles of railway lines. In addition to this basic transportation, 
The agency also makes extensive use of all other modern transportation methods in order to assure you of the quickest, most convenient possible service. And in the future, as in the past 115 years, you can be sure the Railway Express Agency will continue to keep pace with your needs and to provide the nation with its most dependable, efficient express service. Hi, this is Porchlight Music Theater producing artistic associate Frankie Leo Bennett. If you value programming like this, please consider making a donation today at porchlightmusictheater.org. We appreciate your consideration and hope you enjoy the show. And now here is Act Two of the Lawrence and Lee version of The Great Waltz, starring Gordon MacRae as Johann Strauss the Younger and Elaine Malvin as Racy. don't want to go in. It was terrible of your father to convince Steinbrook not to hire you. And why is he playing in your place? I don't want to go into the Peterhof Gardens tonight, Racy. But the Countess said she sent a surprise. Well, whatever it is, I shall have little heart for it. Oh, come on in. Watching everybody dance and sing cheer us up. Good evening, Countess. Oh, Charlie, the orchestra rehearsed your new waltz this afternoon. It sounded beautiful. Did it? It felt good when I was writing it, especially... But... What's the use? Nobody will ever hear it. No, don't be too sure. Uh, now, if you'll excuse me, I have some very important um, work to do. Don't go away. Racy, if someday I should stand on a podium and conduct an orchestra which is playing my music... Every downbeat will say your name, and everybody listening will know that your name is written on every note. With all my heart, I long for you. I wake to make a song for you. Each word like a bird flying home to you alone. With all my heart, I call. Has anybody seen Herr Strauss? Uh, uh, Countess? Yes, Herr Steinbrook. Herr Strauss was last seen entering your carriage. Oh, all I know is the ambassador from my country suddenly wished to extend an invitation to the waltz king. So I was good enough to lend him my carriage. Is it a very slow carriage, Countess? My coachman will take hours through the back streets of the city. And meanwhile, Vienna will get a chance to hear some wonderful new music. 
Countess. But, but what shall I do? Oh, they want Strauss, Herr Steinbrook. Give them Strauss. Oh? This young man is ready to conduct the walk. Oh, a brilliant idea, brilliant. Is it all right, Johnny? Oh, yes, yes, Herr Steinbrick. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. The uh, Waltz King has been unavoidably delayed. So we have asked his son, Johann Strauss the Younger, to conduct. I entrust him to your kindness. Well, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I would, I would like to play a new waltz of my own. It is called the Blue Danube.
talking about your concept, Charlie. Father, that was weeks ago. The sun eclipses the father. <laughs> Young upstart. The doctor said you must not talk, father. Oh, Charlie. My heart has been so filled with the music of Vienna that there's been no room for affection. Leave room in your heart for more than music, for people, for racing, for, for sons. I remember, Father. You're a good musician in spite of me. The Blue Danube, fine melody. Should be an E-flat instead of D. More brilliant register. Father, relax. Please, lie back. One hundred and fifty-two waltzes. Twenty-four galops. Six cotillions. Thirty-two quadrilles. Thirteen pokers. Eighteen marches. The sum total of my life. And... Oh, yes. A son. Who wrote the Blue Danube? My son. Father? It, it seems strange that you weep, Sean. He was hardly a father to you. You see, I'm not weeping only because my father is dead. Because Vienna has lost its greatest musician. Thank you, Elaine Melvin. Ladies and gentlemen, in our cast tonight were Eleanor Audley, who was the Countess, Herb Butterfield, who was Johann Strauss the Older, Isabel Jewell, and Lou Merrill. The Great Waltz with book and lyrics by Moss Hart and Desmond Carter and music by Johann Strauss was dramatized for the Railroad Hour by Lawrence and Lee. The Railroad Hour is brought to you each week at this same time by the American Railroads. Marvin? Here's an interesting fact. The railroads of America maintain about one billion cross ties in their tracks. Until a few years ago, wear and weathering made it necessary each year to replace 100 million of these ties. Today, as a result of many improvements, especially in chemical treatment, cross ties last three times as long, and the annual replacement has dropped to only 30 million ties. This is one, just one good example of how railroad research creates better things and better ways of doing things. All to the end that the railroads may go on constantly improving their safe, dependable, and low-cost transportation service for you. All aboard! Well, dear friends, it looks as though ready to pull out. And so until next Monday night and the Red Mill with my special guest, Miss Eileen Farrell, 
On behalf of the other members of the cast and of the American Railroads, this is your friend Gordon McRae saying good night, everybody. The Great Waltz was presented by special arrangement with Tams Whitmark Music Library. Gordon McRae can currently be seen starring in Three Sailors and a Girl in Technicolor. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. This is Marvin Miller saying goodbye until next week for the American Railroad. Now stay tuned for your Monday night of music on NBC. The Voice of Firestone features Thomas L. Thomas on the NBC Radio Network. The Great Waltz was made into a motion picture by MGM in 1938 with the screenplay and new lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein II. In 1949, empresario Edwin Lester hired Robert Wright and George Forrest to adapt Strauss's German lyrics and music for a production at the Los Angeles Civic Light Opera. It was announced to the press in August 1965 that Alexander Cohen and Edwin Lester would move the production to Broadway when a suitable theater became available. In late October, it was again announced that Cohen and Lester would open the production on Broadway when the right theater was available. But no Broadway move ever happened. This version of the show was used for a London revival that opened at the Drury Lane Theatre on July 9, 1970, and ran for 605 performances. It was also used for a 1972 film remake. Theaters across the country need your support now more than ever. We hope you'll consider a donation to Porchlight Music Theatre today. Just go to porchlightmusictheater.org. Until next time on Classic Musicals from the Golden Age of Radio, I'm Michael Weber. Music